hello everyone and if you couldn't tell from that music welcome to a very festive picture the scene podcast hosted by me andrew and me rachel please note that this is a true crime podcast but it's also christmas so while this caution is advised please be aware we might also get a little bit silly so so rachel have you wrote your letter to santa yet yes absolutely first of december um, um and I, I think more accurately is that my daughter has written a letter to Santa and uh, asked him for just about everything she's seen in the TV adverts. So uh, he's he's in for a fun year this year. These two, these two uh, exercise those guns, lift and everything. But so I'll, the only question I've been thinking is how disappointed will you be if you don't see a Breville-shaped present underneath your tree this year? <laughs> Well, it will be pretty disheartening because my toasty needs will not be met for 2022. But um, I would also probably add that I would be incredibly disappointed to get some sort of kitchenware that he would get use out of more than I would underneath the tree. Fair enough. So, you know, I was thinking, Rachel, if all our listeners gave us a pound or euro, or dollar, or peso, or whatever currency they use. Just one unit of each for Christmas, and we added them all together. Then we'd have enough money to buy a Tesco bag for life, and, and possibly even a Marks and Spencer's one. And wouldn't that be yeah. nice? That would be great, Andrew. Maybe this time next year, we'd have enough money to buy not just a bag for life, but maybe one of those canvas totes. I got, do you know what? I got one of those for Marks and Spencer's the other week. They was giving them away for free. Pushing the boat out. Well, they gave them away for free, to be fair. That's why I got one, but yeah. Um, I, I also want to know, what are you going to buy me for Christmas? Oh, good question. You put me on the spot now. Something Breville-shaped? <laughs> why not? Why not? So, you know, before we get started, the important question is, is, do you think it's actually possible to have some festive-related true crime? Well, the criminals don't stop for Christmas, so I'm going to say that you have found something suitable for this time of year that's hopefully not full of rape and death, but, you know, some sort of other Christmas-related crimes. Hopefully not. I feel like I may have disappointed you now, but let's let's go on. So uh, before we do go on... um, Please do go and subscribe and rate us, if you like us, that is, wherever you can. We'd be more than grateful. In fact, we'd be more grateful than a teenager when they get some attention on TikTok. So we, <laughs> we, can, also, we can be found on all the social medias. We're at ScenePod on Twitter and Instagram. That's at S-E-E-N-E-P-O-D. Or you can find us on Facebook, Facebook by searching for Picture the Scene Podcast. And yesterday, actually, rather randomly, we had a spate of new listeners from... from um, Washington and Virginia in America. Nice. So I don't know where they came from, but welcome if you're still listening. And so I also, one final thing before we get started, by the start of the new year, I hope that we're going to be active on YouTube as well because I've received a couple of messages asking me if we can be. So I'm going to try and upload all the episodes to YouTube over the holiday period. If oh, I cool. So, so tell me how that works. <laughs> Tell me how that works then. Do you kind of put some something up that they can watch as well? Like, uh, Well, sort of. It'll be the same episode, but I'll put 
pictures up which will match what we're talking about if we have some oh, nice. or, or things just so a few visuals but it'll be mainly just a voice obviously with subtitles as well for people oh cool maybe we could like do a meet and greet like um, sorry not meet and greet meet the um meet Criminal. the scene pod <laughs> no. um team so yes. like we could come up on and do like a video for for the youtube guys at some stage that might be fun why not yeah let's give it a go i'll, I'll be up for that um so the case that i wanted to cover i didn't have a huge amount of source material so it's shorter than normal but on the plus side, I've got another case straight after it, and they're both Ooh. Christmas related, festive well, related. Well, two so. for the price of one. Well Ex- done. Exactly. So please don't turn off when you think it's the end. Stay listening because we've got another one straight afterwards. So if it's safe for you to do so, I'd like all of you listening to relax. Close your eyes and picture the scene. Today we're going to take you back to the 26th of December 2013, to the small town of Everett in the state of Washington in the United States. Now, Everett is a small city with just over 100,000 residents, and it's the seventh largest city in the state of Washington. And it's not that old a city, having been incorporated 120 years prior in 1893. On the 26th of December, Boxing Day, as it's called in the UK, or St. Stephen's Day if you're Irish, it was around 39 degrees Fahrenheit that day, on average, which is only about 4 degrees Celsius, so it's pretty cold. Sorry, they don't have Boxing Day in the US? They don't call it Boxing Day. Oh. I don't. I don't know what they call it actually. If if you're a US listener, let us know what you call it. I I imagine they probably call it the twenty sixth of December. But um, <laughs> wow, gosh, yeah. that's just cut to the point, guys. Like you know, what, Christmas I, Day and then the twenty sixth of December. On a side note, I grew up thinking Boxing Day was always because they had sports on the twenty sixth. The old sports that people went to watch. But it's actually not the reason why they call it Boxing Day. Do you know why they call it Boxing Day? Well, I'm just going to hazard a guess here um, that they call it Boxing Day because it's the day that you get rid of all the boxes of shit <laughs> of, of the presents that you opened the day before, but it's probably not. So go on, enlighten me. That, yeah, it's actually because all the wealthy people in the UK used to, on the 26th, box up gifts for the poorer people and give them out. So that's why it's called Boxing oh, Day. So that is really lovely. It is lovely, isn't it? And obviously now it's just a day where you go to Argos and buy a cheap Breville. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel it? like we could get our podcast sponsored by Breville. I'm trying. Um, if you haven't, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean go to Argos? No one shops at Argos anymore, Andrew. Does it not? I don't know. I've not lived in the UK for several years. So it's just, well, they do have Argos as a year, but I don't know. For me, Boxing Day is a great day of sports. And so you got you got sports on TV and obviously everyone's behaving themselves, like in, in terms of the, the teams who are playing or the, the individuals that are, are playing. But then we are sat at home picking out on the leftovers from the day before, the chocolates, all of the food that we got gifted at Christmas, like living our best lives. So, yeah, everyone wins Boxing yeah, Day. Exactly. So going back to the 26th of December, 2013, in Everett, it was four degrees Celsius, so it's pretty cold, but it wasn't that windy. It was about two mile an hour average throughout the day with a maximum just under five mile an hour. So it wasn't that windy and it wasn't that cold. And well, it's cold, but not that cold. Uh, But on this particular day, 
I'm going to take us to 7.45pm, so it would be cold at that time. I prefer to be, as you said, very chill in your home, picking out, than outside in the freezing cold. And I'm going to take you to the Riverside district of that city, Everett, which is in, which is northwest of downtown, that, sorry, which is northwest of downtown. It's a combination of residential areas and commercial areas. Now at 7.45 p.m. however, the day after Christmas Day, there was nothing jolly for one particular man who walked into a grocery store in a 3,000 block of Everett Avenue. He was bleeding from the neck and he promptly collapsed on the floor of the shop. With the employees of the store phoning 911 for help and rushing to give him some medical attention. But I want to leave that man bleeding there for a moment, don't worry. He's okay. But let's leave that there for a moment and let's rewind back a day because this is a festive. This is a festive picture of the scene. I want to rewind back a day to Christmas Day. Now, Christmas Day, we know it's known as a day for giving and a day for being with your loved ones and your family. And so I'd like to introduce you to Tiana Starcox. That's a double barrel surname, Starcox, uh, which is obviously an awesome name. And she's a 19-year-old woman who was living with her partner, her boyfriend, who was a 25-year-old man from the shoreline area of Everett. Now, I don't have his name, unfortunately. So in honour of baby Roy from last week, I'm going to call him Roy throughout this episode. <laughs> now, Roy, like any self-respecting person who is in a relationship, knew he had to give his partner a present, his partner Tiana, a present. So you know how difficult it is, Rachel, to buy a present sometimes for the other half. Oh, yeah. It, it, can be quite ta- it can be quite a taxing thing to do. And you don't want to spend too much money and make no. it all you've gone for the cost rather than for it, but also you don't want to spend too little and look cheap. Oh, no, dangerous game, yeah. Exactly, you want something that's really thoughtful. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to admit to something here, Rachel. Uh-oh. I'm not, I never have been, and while I can't say for definite, I probably never will be a 19-year-old woman. But, <laughs> so I'm only guessing here, but I don't think Roy bought Tiana a gift that she wanted. But I could be wrong. Can you guess what he bought her? And it wasn't a Breville. Right. And I'm I'm going to guess he bought her a Hoover. No. No? He, he actually bought her a fillet knife for Christmas and a nice sheath to hold it in for when they went fishing. So that's really romantic, isn't it? What? Rewind. A fillet knife? No, yeah. Do you mean... A knife that they stick in the fish to cut them open to get the guts out. Ew. Coming from, I do not fish, right? If the, So there are two things in life that I absolutely despise. Fishing is one of them. And I just don't understand why anyone would want to spend their time on a lake fishing. I just don't get it. But was she, did she fish? Was he yes. like, right? Okay. I mean, then in that case, it's like, even then, it's not like heartfelt Christmas present territory. That's like a, not, hey, no. love, you know, happy fishing day. I bought you something to go fishing with. That's not happy Christmas. Not a chance. Do you know what, Rachel? I'm going to disagree with you slightly on fishing because I'm not a fan of fishing. But when I was younger, I used to go fishing all the time. But what I used to do is never put any bait on my hook because what I liked the most about fishing was just sitting there and chilling out and doing nothing. So I didn't actually want to catch any fish. So 
Okay, I'm um, just shot Kara, you could have just gone and sat anywhere in the world, in your living room, in your bedroom, in your back garden, in a local park, without having to haul any of the fishing gear and sat and been silent. I could have done, but if I'd have been anywhere outside, I probably looked a bit like a predator just sat there. So at least this gave me a bit of a disguise, didn't it? But um, I don't do it anymore, but I used to all the time. Obviously, I never caught anything. So, um, but I want to go back to that day, the 26th, Thursday, the 26th of December, 2013. And that day, they had both decided to go fishing. And right. maybe, maybe it's because he said to her, Tiana, why don't you use your new knife? Yeah, Who I know knows? what's going to happen now. Yeah, who knows? Um, mm. Well, you don't know what's going to happen. You think you do. But they spent most of the day in a place called Gold Bar, and they spent most of the day fishing. After they finished fishing, Roy uh, purchased a bottle of Fireball whiskey. Now, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I've never heard of that type over here, but I'm guessing it's popular if they named the actual brand in a news article. So he brought the whiskey, and then they drove down to a place called Whidbay Island to find a place that they could have sex. So they found a place, they had sex, they drank some whiskey, and then they set off to go home. So, you know, normal boxing day. Uh, yeah, but... right. So let's just recap. Fishing, <coughs> sex, whiskey, home. Yes. Okay. But before they went home, they stopped off at, at the Everett Market so Roy could buy beer to carry on drinking. Now, usually, Rachel, we can be like, yeah, that definitely happened. Oh, that definitely didn't happen. But with this case... We simply don't know. So what I'm going to do now is give you the facts and then I'm going to tell you both sides of the story. So let you decide and let our listeners decide what exactly happened. So what we do know is that Roy was, how can can Roy be anything but nice with that name? But Roy was obnoxious and controlling. And we know that because they both got into some sort of altercation that day that resulted in Roy being stabbed in the chest, getting knife wounds on his hands, and having an 11-inch gash made across his throat. So effectively, his throat was slit. And we know that as a fact. So that man that stumbled into the shop earlier, that was Roy. And when the police turned up, they found a customer holding a cloth to his neck to stop the bleeding, and Tiana curled up at Roy's feet covered in blood. So they promptly, promptly arrested Tiana, as you probably would expect them to. Now, it is Christmas, Rachel. So don't fear. Roy survived, but Tiana was arrested and placed on remand, or the American equivalent, for eight months while awaiting trial on account of first degree assault. Now, the trial is where the two stories came out, so I'm going to give you both sides of those stories. But what both sides of the court case agreed with, the prelude, the fishing and the sex and whatnot, they both agreed those things happened. But and both sides also agreed that Roy was a bit of a dick. That he was obnoxious and controlling. <laughs> was so that taken cool. straight from the court notes? Well, he didn't say a bit of a dick, but obnoxious and controlling, which, yeah, I have added a bit of a dick. But, uh, yeah, um, so the all sides agreed on that, so we know that's truth. Now, Tiana's defence claimed that he was abusive to her, that during the day of the 26th, he had been verbally abusive towards her, but he had a regular history of physical abuse. I'm yeah. probably gonna. I'm probably just going to interject here that I think that buying your missus a fish knife for Christmas is also a form of abuse. Yeah, quite possibly, yes. Throwing it out there. Um, he 
he and she said that he had been abusive towards her. And do you know the reason why she said that he had been abusive towards her? Because because she hadn't drank enough of the whiskey that he had bought prior to them having sex. And so she attacked him out of a form of preemptive self-defense. So the wounds in the attack was justified. So if that's what happened, it will be, in my eyes, a valid defense for the attack. Because the domestic abuse is horrible. I know we laugh and joke, but it's horrible. So if you're the one giving it out and it happens to you that you get attacked because of it, the only thing I can say is so what? But um, did that happen? But we'll never know. So I'm not going to be one of those that gives you their opinion as a fact on a podcast. But I will tell you the other side of the argument. Now, the prosecution, while they did admit Roy was obnoxious and controlling, they also claimed that the attack was premeditated and unprovoked. They said that the nature of the wounds, a stab to the chest, a throat being slit, and defensive wounds on the hands, showed that Roy was ambushed, and they were not fighting, and therefore the attack wasn't justified. So they basically said that, uh, and Roy actually, I haven't got the quotes, because I didn't want to put them in, but... Roy is quoted as saying, I've no idea why she attacked me. It was just out of the blue. And, um, but what did the jury think? What do you think the jury came to? Well, I would say from what you've told us, there's not a lot of evidence to go either way. Is that I reckon the jury would have acquitted the case. Like there's, well, I mean, she probably still served time because she attacked somebody at the end of the day, but was it in self-defense or not? You, from what you've told us, you can't prove that. And I find, even though I'm very, um, I get myself kind of like really involved in these kind of cases, I, I do think it's it's only fair that when the evidence is not presented in front of you, that you can't you can't decide someone's fate like and have that on your conscience. Yes. Um, no, I think what it does show... I mean, the police turned up and Tiana was covered in blood, curled up at his feet on the floor. Mm-hmm. To me, that showed that she was drunk. Because why would you stab yeah. someone, slit the throat, and then curl up at the feet on the floor of the shop? Yeah. It also possibly shows that she wasn't that scared of him. But possibly I'm wrong on that one. But the jury... It's not important what we thought. What did the jury think? Well, the jury couldn't actually decide on the charge of first degree assault. They couldn't find him. They couldn't decide whether he was guilt, she was guilty or not guilty. Mm. Uh, so the defence and the prosecution teams, they came to a plea agreement. And they agreed to a lesser charge of second degree assault with time served of eight months waiting in prison. Uh, so that would be enough of a sentence. Oh, wow. And in fact, uh, prior to sentencing... The judge actually released her, saying that it would be wrong to keep her any longer away from her family. So so it seems like it was probably a fair... I hope, though, that they had some sort of um, restraining order on both parties to keep them away from each other. Well, possibly. I, I will admit I did a little bit of Facebook stalking and social media stalking, and Tiana seems to live in a different part of the, the country now. So oh, right, I, I'm yeah. guessing she seems to... Because you'd argue both parties were were unsafe in each other's company in future, wouldn't you? Because one of them is telling the truth and one of them is telling a lie. There's no doubt about it. 
so both of them are potentially at risk stroke should be watched but you know if juries acquitted them or, or charged them with the less account then they both kind of need to be protected and do you know what the do you know who the victim of the crime is a real victim of this crime go on that christmas present because it, <laughs> it, it'd been used for a day and now it'd been taken by the police and they wouldn't give a oh, they, they wouldn't give a weapon back that had been used in an assault would they no absolutely not so the fishermen of the future just don't have the right tools for the job exactly so oh that's that one case done now the second case is even more festive oh are you ready for this shall we move on never been more ready now this is a great one listeners and i have to say this is an exclusive it's never been covered before by a true crime podcast by a documentary by a book or any other media so yeah listen to this here first are you ready for this rachel exclusive so if it's safe for you to do so i'd like all of you listening to relax close your eyes and picture the scene today we're going to take you back to the 25th of december 1989 now we're going to stay in the united states but we're going to go to the city of chicago now we're going to stay in the united states but we're going to go to the city of chicago which is in the state of illinois and it's the third most populous city in the united states with just under 3 million people. It's only behind New York and Los Angeles as having the biggest populations. Now, Chicago is known as a windy city, but on this day, it wasn't very windy. There was a gentle breeze and a gentle snowfall, adding to the already snow-covered ground, making it a truly white Christmas. And for most families in and out of Chicago, they were creating memories, loving the time with their families, and forgetting any problems that they had for a day at least anyway so unfortunately rachel you know this is not going to be a nice story don't you yeah and you've also painted chicago as this wonderful state that is like family oriented and friendly but isn't it like the crime capital of the us yeah but this is in that now actually let me get to my next paragraph then so for, for this family they were from the suburbs in chicago so it was nice and it was nice and gentle and very middle class and very safe. But they knew there was going to be a chaotic Christmas ahead because at the end of the Christmas period, the father of the family, father to two children and husband to a loving wife, he would face charges of kidnapping, resisting arrest, animal cruelty, arson and damage of public property. Oh, so all in one day well by the end of the christmas period oh right okay. so, so the question i have to ask you rachel what could happen to a family man a middle-class family man with a family and a quiet life and a safe job well what you've asked me this it? before and that same family man has kidnapped a woman on the motorway has eaten a wife at his dinner table <laughs> And has done other unthinkable things. Um, so I'm, I'm not even going to guess on this one. He's done something naughty. We know that much. That's true. Well, it's true. I do ask you. I probably will keep asking that. But the answer, Rachel, is simple. The answer is greed. This man, he's going to, just like Roy, he's going to remain nameless. Uh, he dreamed of getting a big Christmas bonus and potentially being able to afford a pool for his house. Now, it's on the record that he always wants... Is this 
pool in his garden. This is Clark from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. No, no, no. So let me take you back a few days. The family were a loving family. They had invited old extended family to spend Christmas with them. The grandparents, aging old aunts, even a brother and wife of the kids. Now, he had worked hard all year and he'd been promised a big bonus. But as Christmas got closer and it hadn't arrived yet, he carried on counting like what. Now, while he was waiting, he had some terrible luck. Now, I'm just going to list a few of these things off so you know what, what I'm talking about. He'd, he'd been involved in some road rage with another driver without getting a Christmas tree, almost getting in an accident and destroying his car. He'd almost killed himself trying to show off on a homemade sled and crashing that sled into a shed. That rhymes. He'd, he'd got stuck in the loft for hours. <laughs> he'd accidentally killed his cat electrocuting it and the turkey even the turkey went bad at christmas lunch now that wasn't the end of it a wild squirrel would get into his house and cause mayhem and then eventually he'd short circuit the entire neighborhood causing everyone to lose power you um so i think you've guessed what story this is haven't you clark griswold yes so so what a listen, hero this uh, rachel guessed is quite early but uh, listeners, I apologise. I just wanted to see if I could play a trick on Rachel to see if Aww. to see if she could um, to see if she could guess. I was talking about her favourite Christmas film, but um, I might as well just finish the story off for listeners, just in case they haven't watched it. So finally, if all that wasn't enough, his bonus did arrive, but it was a voucher, not cash. So he loses it, as you would imagine. He. He kidnaps his boss and holds him for his bonus. And it ends with a SWAT team coming in <laughs> and invading his house. And finally, it is a happy ending. He gets his bonus in the end. So I apologize, listeners. It wasn't really a second case, but I wanted to just, um, I wanted to see if Rachel really didn't know, know her favorite. That has made film. my day. That has made my day. That so, man's a legend. He is a legend. If you haven't watched it, go and watch a Christmas vacation. Is that what it's called? No, it's National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Sorry, she's she giving me evil eyes now, people. <laughs> um, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It's actually on Now TV, if you have it in, in the UK and Ireland. And, and Sky as well. Yeah, or oh, Now TV is Sky. Oh, is it? Oh, gosh, I didn't realise. It's just Sky, but in... Netflix form um, right. and what was I going to say to you and it's also on YouTube actually oh well there you go it's it's legendary like best Christmas movie ever and you will find me on Christmas day with my dad who's also called Roy by the way like and <laughs> you know it? a link a link into the first story you will find him and I on Christmas day watching that whilst Mum is in the kitchen cooking and uh, the, the kids and the other halves and the other family members are all doing Christmassy things. We are soaking up Clark Griswold and his chaotic Christmas. As you would. Now, did you know that him and the actress who played his wife, they got together to reprise those roles last year in a advert for a car? 
I didn't actually see the advert but I knew yeah I'd seen the photos and I can't like that for me that movie doesn't age I think it's one of those that you can you don't look at it and go oh god this was made in like the the late 80s early 90s you just don't think of that but um I saw them and I was like wow you know they they've definitely aged um haven't we all but I didn't actually see the ad for Chevy Chase, years of heroin and Bruce will do that to you, won't they? But um Don't, don't, don't colour him that way. He's a right. legend. I can't I can't think of him that way. What a man. It's um it's funny because his son, um, Gus is obviously made his millions on uh, the Big Bang Theory, which loads of people don't loads of people just associate with him with that TV show and not his his um you know, previous kind of success with that Christmas movie. Maybe it's a bit of a cult Christmas movie, though. I'd love to know what everyone else thinks. Possibly. Yeah, let us know. Let us know, everyone. So, sorry? I know, I was just going to add one more fact. I actually woke up early this morning to watch Love Actually as well. Like, that's how much of a Christmas fan I am. It's like squeezing in any hour of the day. There's too much swearing in Love Actually for my daughter to be awake when it's being watched. And I can't start a movie at 8pm. Like I'm a parent. I need a very early night. So uh so yeah it's an early early start for me so I can get my Christmas movie fix. Now Rachel I love that the fact that you wake up early just to watch a Christmas film before work. Oh yeah. Puts me in the spirit. Of course. So for one last time, if it's safe you to do so, I'd like you to relax, close your eyes and picture the scene. You're out shopping for your partner and you're deciding what to buy them. For heaven's sake, don't buy them a knife. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Merry Christmas. And we'll be back in the new year with a new and exciting case. Goodbye. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Goodbye.